Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. Uh, today, we have an absolute phenomenal guest. Um, it is going to be Mickey Kennedy, and Mickey Kennedy is the expert of press releases. So you're always asking me about how to just how do press releases fail, how to write the right press release. Um, I have all of your questions. Um, you've been all been writing in, which is great. Thank you for sharing those through social media. And I'm going to share them with Mickey when we bring them in in a minute. If you are just listening for the first time, welcome. My name is Christopher Tompkins. I am the um, CEO and head strategist at The Go Agency, which is a digital marketing firm. We specialize in social media and organic social media, email marketing, and all that good stuff. You can learn more about us on our website, gosalesandmarketing.com. But alternatively, the show is all about helping you. I am fortunate enough to be exposed to lots of different people in the digital marketing industry uh, and communications industries. So I have learned so much over my time speaking to these individuals, and why shouldn't you have access to them as well? So I want to bring you all of these amazing experts from different facets of the industry on a weekly basis so you can learn more about topics that maybe you just didn't have enough time to um, dive into or you just have some questions. Look at the Social Marketing Academy as your opportunity to have a free consultation with an expert within the industry. So with that said, please take advantage of this opportunity. You can get in touch with me through any of our social media links. You can find them on our website, gosalesandmarketing.com, as well as the web forms on there too, if you want. And say, hey, I need help in this. Can you, can you make this topic? Um, uh, do you have an expert for this topic on the Social Marketing Academy? I am sure I do, and I can invite them on, and I can answer all of your questions there. So for example, with Mickey today, we're gonna to be talking about press releases and you've been sending lots of questions for him over the last few weeks. So please do. Also, while you're on the website, check out the podcast page because all of the previous experts and shows are there. But I'm telling you that obviously, so you go and listen, but also if any of those people could be beneficial to any of the marketing elements of your own company, I'm happy to make an introduction, but also reach out directly and say that you heard from them from the Social Marketing Academy. These are all leaders in their fields and I'm, I endorse them 100%. So definitely check them out. But I digress. I want to get back into um, today's show. Mickey Kennedy is um, phenomenal, especially when it comes to the world of press releases. He's an expert at helping small businesses, authors, and startups increase their visibility and credibility. He founded e-releases over 22 years ago after realizing that small businesses desperately need a press release service they can actually afford, right? Uh, giving them access to the media and to a nation, a national newswire, all with a personal touch. And he is um, currently residing in Baltimore, Maryland. So I'm just going to grab Mickey right now and bring him in. We're extremely excited to have him on the show. And here he is. Hey, Mickey, welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. All right. It's great to be here. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I was just telling everybody a little bit about your business. Um, why don't you say a few words about yourself to introduce yourself to our audience? Right. So um, I run e-releases. It's a press release service that we started out um, just emailing press releases to subscribing journalists. Um, over the years, um, the Newswire, PR Newswire reached out to us and said, hey, you should also send your releases through us. And I pointed out that I charge a couple hundred dollars and they charge a thousand dollars to move a release <laughs> nationally. So we finally came to a 
uh, a custom national distribution that takes into account who we already have in our database and also uh, a workflow arrangement that worked well for them. And um, our clients now get a custom national distribution on PR Newswire, as well as the email send that we're sort of known for and all for just, uh, you know, two to $400 on average. Okay, and so if for anyone that's out there that doesn't know how much uh, press release distribution services cost, that's extremely affordable. So let's lean into this conversation if you were looking for a good quality affordable um, a solution in this area. Um, so we grabbed some questions, we grabbed some questions from our audience and some of them are focused around press releases. So I just want to kind of dive in, Nikki. Um, the most basic question, but still something that I know I'm asked all the time. Um, what is a press release and how do they work? Right. So basically a press release is a announcement um, to the media. And it's usually about yourself, your company. If you're an author or a speaker, it could be about you or what the project you're working on. Right. And it's usually written in the third person. Um, if you have something that's in the first person, it's usually in uh, a quote. And quotes are a really great way to elevate your language and just say something really compelling. Because a lot of times, if a story is like a so-so story, and it's a great quote, the journalist is like, well, I can build an article around that. So, right. uh, you know, definitely spend a little extra time on the headline and uh, the quote, because those are probably the most important elements, I think, for the average small business who's looking to try to, to get some media attention. So one of the things that I think a lot of people really stumble with is they feel that it's the, the super duper traditional um, definition of press releases is that I'm a company and I'm moving two steps to the left. So I need to put out a press release and two steps to the right. Uh, how do you, like, what are the, what are some tips that you have for writing not only a solid press release, but like a relevant press release for the, for the audience of the company? Right. So a well-written press release, I used to think, was the most important thing. And uh, the first book I wrote probably like 12 years ago was about writing uh, the perfect press release. And what I found is there's a lot of really great well-written press releases, but they're just not important. And so the relevance there that you mentioned, the strategy behind the press release is probably the most important thing. What is it that you're announcing? And I always tell people to realize that a journalist is acting as a gatekeeper and he's protective of his or her audience. And what is a story that that audience would resonate with, would want to hear? So um, if you can sort of reverse engineer your announcement so that you're fulfilling the need of an audience, then you have a much uh, higher likelihood of getting media pickup. There's also certain things that you can do that are just more newsworthy than, you know, a, a personnel change at your company. Um, those might include an industry survey or study that you did. And, you know, now is a really good time to do a survey and study. Um, I, I suspect that the next couple of years will probably be good because it seems like there's a lot of changes going on uh, uh, with the uh, businesses, uh, right. the environment, healthcare, all kinds of things. And so taking the temperature of your industry is really important because if you can um, uh, ask some really relevant questions that are uh, applicable to right now and you get some responses, 
your your survey and study is going to be seen as important and you're going to get articles written about it uh you know one of the things that i hear people say is well i don't know who to send the survey or study to and if you don't have an audience of leads or customers large enough or you don't know your colleagues very well you can partner with a trade association the smaller and independent mm -hmm. trade associations are the best source for this because they're much more open they have a lot less rules and they love getting media attention so if you tell them that you're issuing a release and you'd like to do a uh, a survey that you send to their members most of them will say yes some of them may push back and say we'd like to be co-branded and that's still a win-win because it gives you a little bit more credibility for uh getting the survey out but i i always say um for clients who feel that they're just not newsworthy or they can't come up with something that's interesting can you come up with some interesting questions that others in your industry uh, would like to know right now and if you can do that uh you can get some media coverage i also throw in there uh that you should include one or two left field questions the strange little odd questions it's amazing how many times those succeed. I would say probably 40-50% of the time, those oddball questions are the ones that you get the most uh, interesting responses. They may not be statistically relevant, uh, but they might be really entertaining. And uh, an example of that is an auto repair shop in Pennsylvania that did one. And uh, they had a question that said, what's the strangest thing a customer left in their car while being repaired? Uh -huh. And we got like 50 or 60 really strange little anecdotes. Uh, they had left enough uh, space for about a sentence or two. And uh, those were the ones that got picked up. The auto trade publications loved it. Several newspapers loved it. It was just quirky. You know, a boa mm -hmm. constrictor, uh, grandma was left in an urn in the back seat and it was the time of her memorial it was just strange oh, little things like that that you could kind of understand why that would be interesting and entertaining to an audience and so if you can sort of you know uh do a survey include a couple you know room for some creativity and uh and then just sort of see what you've got to work with at the end of the survey and determine if there's anything surprising in there if there are results that are really um not what you were suspecting you know i would highlight those initially and then just include a really great quote as to um analyzing why that may be um so mm -hmm. yeah and i i think that's a really smart approach especially with with companies that tend to be really close to the subject matter so they they struggle with trying to do anything that's outside of the messaging strategy right they're they're constantly like okay this is what we have to focus on this is this is the POV we have to take on a lot of things. And I do like that uh, survey idea because it kind of pushes the, uh, the, the, the responsibility onto the people that are getting, um, they're gonna be filling it out and for you to gather that information and kind of come up with something unique. But I also like that there, is, I think a lot, of, a lot of companies when they're looking at topics to come up with for their press releases, what I've seen is a lack of thinking out of the box and a lack of understanding that this has to be interesting above and beyond everything else that these journalists and media outlets are looking at. So if it sounds like, okay, brand new donut shop opens up on the street that 25 donut shops opened up in the past two weeks, is not gonna be a newsworthy thing. Um, and sometimes thinking out of the box of those unique angles can really, really deliver a little bit of placement. So why do you think that a lot of press releases fail. We were just talking about um, being unique, thinking out of the box, surveying, kind of seeing what your audience is interested in. What what do you think that a lot of people do that is just a big fail? I think that writing something that's safe 
and something that almost seems like it was written, you know, out of committee. There's nothing <laughs> that's really groundbreaking that appears in there. They really didn't take a strong stance on anything. They're just, you know, middle of the road, average. Mm -hmm. There's nothing really compelling in there. Um, I had a carpet company in New Jersey reach out to me and say, what do you think our chances of getting media pickup is? And I said, well, are you just a local carpet company? Do you make your own carpet? Do you do anything unique? And they said, no. And I said, I don't think anything's going to work. And they said, well, we have a budget uh, for a year and we want to try it. And I said, well, I'll take your money and we'll try it. And yeah. so on month five, where we did five releases and nothing, I just said, you know, we've got to come up with something a little more interesting. And for them, uh, we were going through their list of what their, you know, what their industry is like. And I said, who's your big enemy out there? And I expected to be another, you know, uh, carpet company in their neighborhood, but they said it was the big box home improvement stores. And they said that all of the mom and pop uh, local carpet companies nationwide are having to compete against like the Home Depot and Lowe's of the world. And they said, it's really frustrating because the carpet quality is okay. The padding is inferior. And they also said that they're using pickup contractors with no track record of uh, carpet installation. Uh, they just have a license and they can operate. And often they just cycle through when they don't have work with anyone else. And he says, so you've got people who are doing your carpet that uh, have never done carpet before. And then in six months, you'll need it to have it be restretched and things like that. So uh, we did a press release about that and talking about David Goliath marketing against the, these big guys and how they, they do it. And we got picked up by every floor trade publication. We, did, we didn't realize there was like that many out there, um, but it was over 10 uh, floor trade publications picked it up. Wow. And uh, several of them just said, we've gotten the most favorable response of any article that we can remember in years. Uh, two of the companies eventually... Uh, put marketing columns in uh, the trade publications because they realized that their audience really resonated with the idea of discussing marketing. And it was just a blind spot that that industry had not paid attention to. And we just, you know, shined a light on it. Uh, we continued to do press releases on marketing after that. And over a six month period, uh, when we finished the one year cycle, we had about 30 articles that were in trade publications huh? and their local newspaper oh. and a local New Jersey magazine. And so uh, my big thing was, I just don't think that we reached your audience, your customers. And they said, we've got that handled. They said they put together all the clippings in a big brag book is what they call it. And they said, when we go give a quote to people, we show them that we've been recognized by all these national floor trade publications. And we started closing 20% more sales just yeah. with the same number of leads. And so they said for them, this is like, you know, it's added six figures to their business, just using this credibility indicator of all of these articles and things like that. And, you know, it, it is, you know, I think that what we tapped into was trying to determine something that was newsworthy. And in their case, they were really in tune with their industry. And they knew that a big pain point was marketing, but no one was discussing it. And sometimes the industry ignores it for a reason, but in their case, the industry was just being lazy and we, you know, we really uh, got the word out. And like I said, two of the publications started marketing columns as a result. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And I think that that is, that kind of brings up another question, but I think it's really, it's really, it's really good because I think when you're dealing with press releases and kind of what the outcome 
So when people start talking about press releases and they think that they have to do them because they're going to be announcing a new product, a new service, something's coming up that they want to highlight or anniversary or just something that's very, very typical press release fodder, um, they also ask the question, what can we expect by getting this out there? How do you answer that question when someone, when someone asks you? I'm pretty straightforward and say, I don't know. <laughs> I have seen people get uh, media attention yeah. and generate crazy amount of sales. I've seen people get uh, media attention. Uh, I had a self-published author who got the front page of USA Today entertainment section. And for a self-published author to get any media attention is difficult. Uh, but, uh, you know, that was really a great landing. And he said he probably sold less than 100 books from that article, which was really shocking and surprising. And uh, but what he was able to do is to leverage that to get uh, uh, book signings. His local bookstore would not do a book signing with him. And after he uh, appeared in USA Today, he brought, you know, sent them the link and they said, okay, you can come in and, and do <laughs> a, a book signing, which is really odd because, you know, bookstores want traffic. So if you're willing to yeah. uh, to drive traffic on a night that they don't really have a lot going on, it's a win-win. I, I, I find most bookstores are very open to book signings and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to tell. We did a press release last year um, during the beginning of the pandemic when a lot of restaurants were closed and it was called the Dining Bond Initiative and it was designed on sort of the war bond concept. And it was where you could go in, tag your local favorite restaurant that was likely closed during the pandemic. And if they accepted, then you could uh, give them funds and it would be uh, sort of backed by a gift certificate and uh, they would get the money immediately. So they didn't have to wait for it. They could use it to help their staff or pay rent or whatever. And uh, it got picked up in over 150 publications, including the Washington Post, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, all the food magazines and trade publications. It just did phenomenally well. Millions of dollars in excess of $10 million in revenue was created to help small businesses. That was one press release. Now right. that is very unusual, but it does show you the power and leverage that a press release can have. There's no way you could ever replicate that through any ad campaign for under $400 uh, in spend to you know, generate more than $10 million. That potential is always there with PR and press releases. If you can just tap into something and also if it's really high newsworthiness. Now, uh, you know, what's more realistic is an example of the surveys and studies on average when a client does one of those, they usually get between eight and 14 articles written about them. And so that's pretty good. And sometimes uh, they can say that they saw a revenue increase. Sometimes it's hard for them to, to say, but they liked the media attention. They're able to share that media coverage that they got with their leads, with their customers, their social media. And so it, it becomes a big credibility boost to them and hopefully improves conversions and things like that with people who are on the fence about doing business with them. Um, but one thing we do know is that when people get articles about them, like the New York Times or anything that's a major outlet, yeah. they generally get customers. And they might say, we only got 250 clicks from that article, but we got 200 new customers from it. So when people read an article, often when they click through, they want to do business with that company they just read about. There's this emotional feeling and they 
often do not open a new browser window and say, can I get this cheaper on Amazon? Can I find this cheaper someone yeah. else? They, they want to do business with the company that was just mentioned uh, in that article. And I think it comes down to journalists being sort of like curators and, you know, discovering, you know, companies and uh, experiences and things like that. And people wanting to take advantage of that and, and you know, that, that goodwill. And that's the reason that I find small businesses, especially the mom and pops, tend to do better with PR than the larger companies. So many people feel mm -hmm. like I'm not big enough or important enough for PR, but the truth is no journalist wants to do a free article on Microsoft uh, or Apple. They right. want to do articles about the small companies that might make products that are on Apple or that are on Microsoft or on the um, an app on the iPhone or something like that. So. Uh, you know, it's important to understand that, you know, these journalists acting as curators, you can be that little gem that they discover and share with their audience. And so uh, it, it is it is something where I, I feel that the smaller you are is an advantage and you should own it. And if you have embarrassments, uh, growing pains and things like that, consider being honest and upfront. So many times the companies want to appear super professional. So it makes it sound like there's a staff of 20 when it's just, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, an individual that has a website, but I've uh, encourage some of my customers in the past to share anecdotes in a press release that they thought was a little embarrassing. Uh, one being a customer who uh, had to cancel Thanksgiving plans and have the whole family over in the garage to uh, uh, put packages together to, to mail out because they, they, they had a major uh, win and uh, they, they were a little too successful too fast. Right. And so uh, they shared the story uh, and it got picked up in Inc. Magazine. And, oh, that's great. Uh, you know, Inc. Magazine, Fast Company, they often like these little stories yeah. that show people as humans and the little mm -hmm. obstacles and milestones that we have. And that's important to know that, you know, stories matter. And if you have little strange anecdotes or strange things that's happened to you, those are uh, possible fodder for putting together a press release. Absolutely. It's funny. The two, two things that I want to highlight there, one is the, um, the small business and, and what an advantage it actually is for this, this play, the press release play, these large companies, they have to consider a press release for a long period of time. So it comes out the other end after it's been touched by at least like 25 to 30 people. And it doesn't even look like it did when it went in. So it could have been once it goes through that gestation period through the sausage maker and it turns out the sausage, it's not it's like a pork chop. I mean, it's totally different. So um, this is this is an advantage for a small business because you can say exactly how you feel and you have full control over your message and you could talk about things that are happening right now. There's actually an immediacy that you can employ, which these large companies can't because they can't pivot that fast because there's too many checks and balances. The other thing is how one, one placement can really make a difference. I, um, all of a sudden I, at my agency, I was getting a lot of people in um, they were in fintech. So it was like lots of like financial companies and, and apps dealing with money and that type of thing. And kind of, cause we're industry agnostic. I don't have an industry that we really focus on. So I was talking to these people and, and then at one point they would bring up something about firing their client. 
Or he's like, how many clients have you fired? And I said, oh, I said, that's a, that's an odd question. I don't really get that asked very much. I said, I said, we only let, we only part ways with clients when we don't feel like they are looking at us as a strategic partner. Um, so sometimes it's not a good fit. Oh, well. And we, we, we let them know. And it was because I wrote an, I wrote an article that was released as a press release and it was picked up by an, a finance, a financial, um, industry publication that was focused on tech and it was called how to fire your clients and it was literally just how i how what i was saying right there and i'm not kidding you it was like wow they they said to me you're exactly how you sounded in the article you're exactly the same person and i said well that's my opinion and those people actually became clients of mine they became good referral sources of mine and actually a couple of them became friends. And that's just from an article that was like in some weird trade publication that I have never heard of. So just that made a difference for me. So it's, it's amazing the, the power of that. You don't really realize until it happens, you know? Right. So um, I think a lot of this is kind of leading to this question in terms of conversions and sales. How can a company use media coverage? Obviously we've, we've, got, we've had some examples already to improve conversions and get more sales. Right. I think that anytime you get media pickup, you need to memorialize it. Uh, if you have a place on your website in the news or something like that, a place where you put your press releases, also put screenshots and links mm -hmm. to uh, your, your media pickup. Do realize that the media pickup vanishes at some point. Uh, the, the website might go through a change or it might go behind a paywall. So get those screenshots because at some point yes. the links may not work. And that's unfortunate when a client doesn't do that and then says, oh, what can I do now? And that's like, other than like maybe the Wayback Machine or something, uh -huh. I don't know. So memorialize uh, those screenshots, uh, share them on social media, share them with your leads, um, you know, get it out there, uh, you know, consider, is there a way that you can put these in front of prospects the way the carpet company did? Uh, you know, they, they worked, uh, you know, face to face with people, but online, you can do the same thing with your leads. You can, you know, share your milestones and send them the articles and things like that. I've actually even seen people who do pay-per-click send traffic to the article on a third-party website and they have wow. no way to reach, you know, remarket them afterwards, but they said it converts so well when they take a visitor from there to the article and then they come back to them, they said it worked really well. So, uh, you know, there's lots of inventive ways to, to, to try to capitalize on when you do get media pickup. I always say, uh, do measure your ROI as much as you can with PR. It's not easy because you don't have tracking URLs. And it, you know, the more you try to track it, the more it just doesn't work because editors and journalists are going to link to the page they're going to link to, and they're not going to include the tracking codes and things like that that you want. But uh, you know, if you do see an uptick in business following some actual media coverage, it's a pretty good indicator that that was the cause of it. Uh, unfortunately, that's pretty much how that works in PR. It's not as transparent as marketing. Um, but you know, that being said, I have clients who will tell me that you know, we haven't done anything different and we did the press release and we got these articles and we saw you know, a 30,000 uptick this month and it was 12,000 the next month and it was two or 3,000 know, a few months after that. And they attribute it to, to the media coverage. And so as long as you're measuring your, your, your revenue and you're not trying something else new at the same time, it yeah. probably gives you a pretty good indicator of 
you know, what that media coverage uh, translates into. And it's, it's funny, sometimes the, the, the pages that convert for the people who are able to track it through Google Analytics and stuff like that are not necessarily the websites you think about. Uh, you know, everybody thinks that the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, New York Times, the big ones are the, you know, the holy grail of media coverage. But a lot of times I've seen people who get picked up in a lot of little dailies of, you know, uh, newspapers you and I have never heard about because they just serve small communities, but they, you know, they're sizable communities. And if you get like a dozen articles across small daily publications, you might see a huge uptick in sales as a result. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, um, and I, one more question before we, we go today. Um, I think this is one that a lot of a lot of small businesses are thinking about, especially with budget constraints and getting through the, the mid part of the year into the, into the fourth quarter or even the first quarter of next year. How can small businesses get free local media coverage? Right. I always tell people who call into e-releases and say, I'm just looking for local media coverage. I say, well, good, because uh, you don't need us. Uh, you should not spend money getting local media coverage. It is so easy for you to do this yourself. Um, in your market, there's probably less than 10 outlets that would write about you. So it's 10 people stand between you and media coverage. Uh, do the research, figure out who the person is at your local newspaper, who's the best person to cover your industry and probably write an article about you. If you're lucky enough to have a business publication in your area, whether it's a magazine or a newspaper, do the same kind of research, get their email address. You can do that just by asking. Sometimes it's on the website, uh, but they'll give it to you. Uh, I, I haven't seen many places not be willing to share that because journalists are trying to be accessible and uh, you, know, you should be able to reach them. And in some cases, you might want to just check Twitter as well, because some journalists like Twitter, but generally those are the larger uh, journalists. Uh, the smaller places, email and phones are probably preferred. Once you've built a Rolodex of you know, these 10 or fewer sources, just reach out to them as you have milestones that make sense, or you have an idea for something that you feel is newsworthy. You don't even have to write a press release. I mean, this is local. So if you just have the kernel of a story or an idea, that's all you need. So you don't even have to go through the effort of putting together a press release. Um, so uh, you would just send them an email, uh, do it to each one individually, and just try to be as personal as possible. Uh, point out that you're a local person uh, in the area, and you know that they've written about your industry before, and you've noticed this big trend in your industry, you feel that would be something that would be worthy of highlighting in uh, their paper, and you would love to be the subject of it. And uh, you might even include a, a really compelling quote. So they, when they see the quote, they go, oh yeah, with what he told me, I could build a really good article around this. And uh, you know, I say, try to shoot to do this four to six times a year, as it seems fit, as you have milestones, as you're willing to do the work. And uh, you will eventually get some kind of media pickup. Um, it just happens if you're really good at coming up with ideas and pitching stuff. I find what really works is if you have 
the name of a competitor in a completely different city or a different state, just a few people you could flag in Google Alerts. If you see them appear in uh, news articles, it's pretty good uh, idea for you. You know, you'd never tell them, I saw this article, you should do the same article, but about me. But what <laughs> you can say is, I, uh, I've recently seen this trend where uh, uh, people in my industry are, are being covered for X, Y, and Z. And I feel this would be a very valuable you know, uh, resource for your paper. And I'd love to be the subject matter of it. Here's a great quote. Uh, feel free to contact me for more details. And th that works and it can work again and again. And I think it's one of the reasons that you see the same um, organizations and companies in local media. It's often the same few companies. And it's reason, the reason for that is the journalist has a relationship with these companies and it's just easy for them to plug them in. They know how to reach them easily. They know how to get a great quote from them. They know how this works and it's this give and take. And in many cases, they also might be promoting stories as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really great tip. And it's, and I, I think that how you explained it, it just, really uncovers that how manageable it is and how the access, the access that is actually just there, you just got to find it. Um, but um, uh, Mickey, thank you so much for going through all of these questions and giving us some really fantastic insight into this. Um, is there anything that you'd like to plug or let people know about? Sure. Um, so I put together a, uh, uh, basically it's a free video training about strategy. Uh, it's basically how you can build your own PR campaign. Uh, it gives you eight strategic ideas. The survey and study is one of those, but there's several others. I put it together for my clients so that they would be doing more strategic press releases. So I'm making it available free to anybody who wants it. Um, it's available at ereleases.com forward slash plan, P-L-A-N. And again, it's completely free. It's less than an hour. And it basically gives you all of these uh, non-traditional ideas that you could be doing with press releases. And these ideas are the ones that I see that work again and again, as opposed to, you know, the new product launch or the personnel change or, you know, just the, the standard milestone type press releases. And I'm not discounting milestone press releases. If you have a new product, you definitely want to pitch it. But there are uh, also other press releases you could be doing that are just strategically more important and more relevant. Excellent. Well, um, folks, if you are listening to this or you're watching this, um, please check out the description. We have all of the links to um, that and a lot more for you to learn about Mickey. Mickey, thank you so much for joining us on the Social Marketing Academy. You've been a fantastic interview. Oh, thank you. Excellent. Um, folks, we have some great episodes coming up um, over the next few weeks. Um, keep your topics coming in. Visit us online at the Go Agency's website. It's gosalesandmarketing.com. Use any of the social links in the web forms there to suggest any topics that you'd like or ask any questions for any um, to any of our future guests. Um, also, I forgot to mention that we have our sign up for the Bulletproof Marketer, which is our bi-weekly trend report and digital marketing. Make sure you sign up for that and check out the podcast page, which has all of our previous episodes and guests. If you'd like me to make an introduction to any of those guests, let me know or reach out to them directly. Until next time, folks, it's Christopher Tompkins for the Social Marketing Academy. Take care of yourselves.